Welcome to What Do You Need to Know About God in Today's World. Today, we will continue with part two of our series on What Do You Need to Know About God and Unequal Justice. In the previous episode, we discussed how progressives, the left, and the mainstream media are helping to create a two-tiered system of justice in the country, and we cited a couple of cases. Today, we will continue to explore this two-tiered system of unequal justice and cite more explicit cases, so let's begin. First, there is unequal treatment towards conservatives and conservative values and issues versus progressive issues on the left's agenda, which has occurred especially over the last decade or so. And I will cite a litany of examples. Case number one, there's been unequal treatment toward conservative organizations. One glaring example was during the Obama administration, where the IRS was accused and caught targeting and harassing primarily conservative organizations where they deliberately slow-walked or denied their applications for nonprofit status, or where there was excessive audits, etc. All while such activity was not common to nonprofit organizations on the left during the same time period. Eventually, the heads of the IRS were called before the Oversight Committee and forced to testify regarding their actions of this unequal treatment. Case 2. Over the last few years, several pro-life organizations have been violently firebombed, vandalized, and destroyed by the radical left, with little action to protect them and or pursue, penalize, and arrest the guilty parties. Yet on the other hand, when it comes to conservatives and Christians, who are not being violent like those on the left, but are merely praying at abortion clinics, usually outside, these people have been pursued, charged, and some arrested. It's reported that even an entire SWAT team was sent to arrest a Catholic minister at his home when he got into some minor altercation outside of a clinic. Meanwhile, many and most of these firebombings, arsons, and vandalism attacks of Christian pro-life centers go scantily investigated and unsolved. That's unequal justice. Case 3. Check it out. You'll discover that it seems to be mainly right-wing groups who are labeled extremists, terrorists, or hate groups, while no such labels appear to be applied to left-wing groups at all. For example, the term MAGA is associated with extremism, white supremacy, and hate. Also, recently, the Catholic Church was singled out in surveil for signs of terrorism and extremism for their pro-life position. Yet these labels are rarely applied, applied to pro-abortionist and radical left organizations like Antifa, who regularly show up and violently protest virtually any conservative movement. Additionally, conservative groups and those known for their traditional values and Christian-centric policies, like Family Research Council, the Heritage Foundation, and D. James Kennedy Ministries, among others, have all been designated as hate groups by leftists and progressives who are disguised as so-called watchdog organizations. While these watchdog organizations exclude most progressive organizations from their list, no matter how extreme. It's only the ones on the right that are so labeled because they have defined hate, extremism, and terrorism as anything that disagrees with their position or philosophy. Indeed, even some parent groups and organizations have been labeled as extremist and hateful because they question and protest the school-wide policies of indoctrinating their children with sexual and transgender ideology. 
all because they want the government to leave sex education out of the schools and school books, away from their children, and out of our governmental institutions, and leave it to consenting adults in the privacy of their homes and with parents where it all belongs. There's another critical example of where there's an assault on conservative ideology. There's a huge decades-long movement to de-Christianize America and inundate our culture with secularism, anti-biblical doctrines, and even satanic overtones as the left tries to marginalize Christianity. The other day, I saw a video where one of the Fast and Furious actors, Tyrese, expressed how Satan is being normalized and glorified in our culture, especially Hollywood, while Jesus is being minimized. He lamented the fact that Hollywood, the movies, and the award shows are all promoting Satan while marking Jesus. He also stated that Satanist Satanism used to be in hiding in our culture and Christ promoted. But now, it's the other way around. And you have to admit, this is true, as wholesome, decent, children, and family-friendly entertainment is rare. While they boldly and blasphemously mock the Christian religion in Christ, in their movies and shows and through many other venues as well, i.e. in a parade in L.A., the trans group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in a desecrated and mocked the cross, the crucifixion, and Catholic nuns. Even our government promotes such activity as gay pride parades and events, all while simultaneously shunning Christianity and banning prayer, Bible reading, and references to Jesus, which is the foundation and bedrock of this country. God wants to know, God wants to know, why is Christianity being pushed out of the mainstream and anti-God, anti-biblical doctrines are being promoted? So yes, there is an assault on conservatives and traditional values and on God, and God wants to know why there's this miscarriage of justice and unequal treatment for conservatives and against Christianity. The next few cases deal with censorship. Mainstream media, Twitter, YouTube, Google have all been cited in reports as engaging in censorship of conservative and right-wing dialogue and thought, while permitting free speech for virtually all on the left and those who agree with the prevailing narratives. Here are a few case examples. Case 5. Concerning elections. In 2016, Hillary Clinton and in 2018, Stacey Abrams of Georgia both often made claims of stolen elections. Yet there was no censorship on these media platforms. And Al Gore contested the presidential election in 2000. But in 2020, on most of these digital platforms and in the media, people were shut down and banned from even discussing and claiming election fraud and a stolen election. And they have been labeled as those who are trying to overthrow democracy. But there is no such banning nor labeling of Democrats when they claim elections are stolen. And there are numerous videos of such claims. So the way the left has set it up is, it's a crime if those on the right say an election is fraudulent, but it's perfectly legitimate for those on the left to make such stolen election claims. That's a double standard, and it's unfair 
unequal treatment. Case six concerns pervasive censorship in other venues. For example, censorship is prevalent on most college campuses. On college campuses throughout the country, conservative speakers are protested, shut down, require security, and their dialogue label hate speech, all while their left-leaning counterparts and all others, no matter how extreme their positions are, are allowed, welcomed, and embraced on these liberal college campus sites. Recently, a female swimmer who protested men's trans men competing in women's sports was attacked by a mob. In another recent incident, a conservative judge who was a guest speaker was derided by students and the dean because he held a different viewpoint from their radical ideologies. And it's unfortunate because the atmosphere on most college campuses has been antagonistic towards conservative ideas and speakers, which is so ironic because universities and colleges are where free speech and diverse opinions and viewpoints have always been welcome to be up for a debate. Case 7. In another venue, public libraries have censored conservatives. While public libraries hold unfiltered drag queen story hour for children, almost without controversy or resistance, these same libraries collude to ban and censor Christian story hour. Indeed, Christian actor and activist Kurt Cameron has received negative pushback and had to fight such denials as he attempted to conduct Christian story hour for children across the country. So public libraries have become another institution to curtail freedom of speech in this battle against censorship. Case 8. There is censorship in our legislature. As Christian and conservative politicians are told they have no right to legislate according to their religious beliefs. Yet politicians on the left have no such demands or mandates placed upon them, and they go about establishing laws according to their liberal progressive ideology and beliefs. We must recognize that every person is influenced by the dictates of their conscience. And as liberals render their liberal judgments, we should anticipate that conservatives will render conservative judgments. Judgments. For it is the Constitution that is the guiding principle, and whether liberal or conservative politician, their judgment must be within the confines of the law. So such demands that conservatives drop and abandon their beliefs at the door are unconstitutional, and they are a double standard and unequal justice when we do not make such demands on the left. So in all these cases, the censorship goes one way against conservative ideas, groups, and thought. But in a free society, we must allow free speech and a free flow of information, even if we find the speech uncomfortable or offensive, or even if labeled conspiracy theory, which we find often simply to be information against a popular narrative that debunks that popular narrative. And in the final analysis, the so-called conspiracy theory often pans out to be the truth. But if we allow censorship of anyone, then anyone can be silenced and have their speech taken away at any moment. Because as King says, if censorship is allowed anywhere, it is a threat to free speech everywhere. God wants to know, where is the equal justice? Because free speech 
for all is a constitutional right. And let's keep it that way. Case nine, there's disparate treatment towards the American citizen versus illegals. Now, I believe every American citizen citizen is sympathetic toward immigrants, but having open borders because Democrats want to create a permanent voting block to maintain power is harmful to all because such policies has almost collapsed several countries like Germany and Sweden. And here in America, the numbers crossing is unprecedented and is creating a situation where vast majority of services, resources, and funds must be allocated to this massive avalanche of immigrants. So this practice adversely affects the American citizen. And as America's resources are dwindling, the American citizen is being left out and left behind. You have the people in East Palestine, Ohio, who are still living in dangerous conditions due to a previous toxic chemical spill. People in Jackson, Mississippi have endured contaminants in their drinking water for years. We now have Maui and Hawaii that's been totally decimated by fires and lives lost. We have poverty in our minority communities. Our police forces are understaffed and underfunded. We have a crumbling infrastructure. We have millions of people homeless and drug addicted, including our vets, who do not get the proper treatment they deserve. And you have the elderly with Social Security and Medicare constantly being threatened to go up bankrupt soon. And under this administration, you have a war in Ukraine where they're spending billions of dollars and the country is running into trillions of dollars in deficits. It's a disservice and negligent to overrun the nation to the point where it diminishes the quality of life for every citizen, no matter who they are. But that's what's happening to the average American citizen who often comes last on our government spectrum. Moreover, Moreover, this open borders invasion is a slap in the face to those immigrants who come here legally. That is why we have legal immigration policy, which benefits everyone and ensures that the country is stable, livable, and sustainable for everyone, for the American citizen who funds the government through taxation and whose needs should never be deemed expendable in the process, and for the immigrants who come here legally looking for a better life. God wants to know, where's the just treatment for the American people? And why are they not a priority in this country? Why is there not ever billions of dollars allocated to catastrophes involving American citizens? Case 10. The left is infamous for virtue signaling. They say they care about women, but they relentlessly attack conservative women like Sarah Palin, Melania Trump, and Casey DeSantis, and any other conservative woman while they hypocritically applaud and extol all women on the left. Case 11, you have the disparity between the treatment of those in the 2020 riots versus those of the January 6th riot. In 2020 riots, the police, police stations, and federal buildings were attacked. Some burned down, including businesses, and over 25 people were killed. Yet the majority of these rioters were never arrested and many that were received light sentences and were quickly bailed out by Democratic politicians and went back out and committed the same crimes. Yet in the January 6th riot, 
which in my opinion is wrongly mischaracterized as an insurrection because the tens of thousands of the majority's people were peaceful and carried no weapons. And they were not there to overthrow the government, but in protest of what they believed to be a rigged stolen election. And there is controversy surrounding that day, such as who opened the gates and why the 10,000 National Guards that President Trump requested days before were not on site. But in contrast to those of the 2020 riots, these people are being vigorously pursued by the DOJ and are being treated differently as it's reported. Very few get light or just sentences and none have been bailed out by politicians as the 2020 rioters were. There are reports that some of these people are undergoing solitary confinement, some have not gotten the medical attention necessary, and they're being tried and adjudicated in the D.C. area, which is a democratic leftist stronghold that's not likely to produce a jury of their peers. But God wants to know, where is the equal treatment and justice for these people? Case 12 is unequal treatment of whistleblowers. Whistleblowers who come out against anything relating to Trump and those on the right are celebrated and hailed as heroes. But the whistleblowers who come out with information against the left and this popular narrative, they're written off by the media and discredited, vilified, and harassed. But why are they not also considered to be heroes? Case 13. The overwhelming majority of leaks to the press have been information to negatively reflect Republicans, conservatives, and virtually anything concerning Trump and his associates, while leaks regarding the left and Democrats are none to rare. Even the recent Supreme Court decision finding Roe v. Wade unconstitutional and sending it back to the states was leaked to the media way before it was announced. Speaking of the Supreme Court, the left has recently targeted and attacked the two most conservative justices, Clarence Thomas, singling him out for supposed misconduct and accepting gifts from a lifelong wealthy friend. Also, Samuel Alito, and likely for their pro-life stance. Because you have to ask, are they vigorously scrutinizing and probing similar conduct or improprieties of liberal justices? Or is this retaliation and a witch hunt for these judges' conservative positions and rulings, especially on Roe v. Wade. Because if you scrutinize one, scrutinize them all for ethics. Make the treatment be fair and equal. Because you might just find similar accusations can be made against some of your liberal justices. Case 14. Let me preface this case by saying, in my estimation, somehow our country has developed into an elitist establishment consisting of politicians on both sides, corporations, mainstream media, which appears to have sold out the American people for financial gain, and others for a globalist agenda, enacting policies making, the, making China the leader in manufacturing, medicines, military, military materials, and vital rare earth minerals. And currently, they are allowed to buy up our farmland, steal intellectual property, and even allowing China to build a military facility 100 miles from the Florida coast. These elitists and the left are placing our sovereignty in the hands of global organizations, also like the WHO, NATO, and UN. 
Having said all that, the one man who tried to turn all of this around to make the government work better for the people was a billionaire outsider, not there for the money, but the country, and who stood up to China, and that was Donald Trump. So now you have the one guy who has disrupted so much of what is wrong with our government, who's not a politician, a bureaucrat, and whose policies benefited the average American citizen. Now he's being charged with crimes at an unprecedented level by a mob of politicians and bureaucrats to keep him from running for president ever again. So case number 13 is a comparison to how Trump is treated compared to our establishment politicians and those on the left. First of all, progressives and Democrats have consistently tried to criminalize much of Trump's activity since he ran for office. They orchestrated the three-year Russian collusion hoax, impeached them twice as president, and currently there are 91 charges of criminal activity leveled against Trump. Wait a minute. Because for decades, there have been scandals and crimes of corruption and wrongdoing reported and chronicled even in books on many of our politicians on both sides. But very few to none have been charged, arrested, or prosecuted, or received penalties or punishment to the scale of their crimes. On the other hand, those on the right, Trump and anyone affiliated with him, including his supporters, have been massively harassed, demonized, targeted, charged with crimes, arrested and imprisoned, such as Mike Flynn, Carter Page, Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen, Roger Stone, Peter Navarro, Rudy Giuliani, and other lawyers and associates of Trump and those on his staff and anyone who aids him in fighting against the establishment as witnessed in these latest charges against Trump. Please notice even if you look at the classified document case, there's a disparity as Trump is being charged with mishandling these documents. But it's been reported that every president since Reagan, including Obama, Clinton, and Biden, have all mishandled classified materials. It's reported Biden took classified documents even as a senator and has them stored in various places now. Bill Clinton stored audio tapes of information in a sock drawer at his home. Hillary Clinton is reported to have destroyed classified materials in her emails and phones after being subpoenaed and had them on an unsecured server at her home. So as the media tells you no one is above the law, they ignore and downplay scandalous stories and criminal activity about Democrats as if none of them have ever committed anything worthy of investigation and scrutiny and possible charges as they paint a picture of Trump and his associates to make you believe that they are the biggest criminals to ever walk the face of the earth. Oh yes, currently they are highlighting and starting investigations into a few cases of criminal activity in our government after all of these decades, but to me, it's just a facade so they can claim that there is no two-tier system of justice and they have the fake news media trying to hammer this point home right now as some type of evidence to support the claim. So yes, in my estimation, we have a two-tier system right now in this country, in a country of unequal justice. God wants to know where is the equal justice under the law. Because it's the sovereign judge of all the earth. In his court, justice will be done. God's not a conservative, nor progressive, Republican, nor Democrat, nor left, nor right. He is the sovereign judge over all the earth. And though he has given men authority to rule on earth, 
he expects that governance is executed fairly. Because as leaders, you are accountable to him. And ultimately, all cases are adjudicated in his court. And as our political leaders, you may err on the side of unequal treatment, but you need to know that as you are judging others, God is judging you. So to all who are being treated unjustly, realize that in Yahweh God's court, justice isn't left in the hands of men, but in his court and left to his divine providence and rule. And he will make things right in his own time, for no one will escape his judgment. In conclusion, God is a God of justice and he will never be overruled. So we pray, Lord, that your justice supersedes over every injustice of man and that we as men, all our institutions, adhere to your system of equal justice that it may go well with us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.